Hi everyone, this is Ella from All About Fertility Podcast. I'm here with Antoinette Mullins, who is a financial planner. And I'm really excited to speak to her because sometimes we have preconceived ideas of what a financial planner does. Um, So I would love for you to introduce yourself and your background, Antoinette. Hi Ella, it's so lovely being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm um, actually originally from South Africa, but I've lived here in Sydney for almost 18 years now. Um, in, in South Africa, I've had a completely different background. I, I studied youth work and counselling, oh. which I guess is similar to a social worker mm. here in, in Australia. Why, why the change? Yeah, I, I, after I did a certificate in trauma counselling and crisis debriefing, I, I literally just defined how I wanted to help people each time I studied something or each time I, I did something. And after I, I traveled for a few years and settled here in Sydney, I knew that specifically counseling isn't something I wanted to do anymore. Um, I wanted to, to expand my horizons and, and see what else is in there. So I, I applied for a few roles um, the first time I was able to work here in Australia. And I applied for a, a role as an advisor's assistant in financial planning. Um, I never thought I'd end up in financial services because maths and economics were my least <laughs> favorite <laughs> subjects in school. I, I hear you. <laughs> uh, exactly. Mostly because of the teachers who I, you know, didn't get along with mm. or didn't like. But I soon realized after starting that role that being an advisor was more than just numbers and investments. It is that, but it's about strategies and fitting puzzle pieces mm. together you know, to build a bigger picture for clients. And, and it is about helping people again, but just in a different way. So as a financial planner, what is your role? Yeah, so my role really is to engage people in their finances. I, um, I love helping them utilize everything they have um, in order to build something better. Um, my background in counseling has certainly helped me connect with my clients on a different level. I know they appreciate that a lot, but I, I think I really enjoy helping people see the opportunities that they have. And sometimes when you're in a situation, it's hard to see the opportunities for what they are. But um, if, if a financial planner is, is literally just a coach who can, who can tell someone, listen, here's some, so a different way of doing it, or hey, have you tried doing it th- that way? Or let's work on this area in the next six months. And, and that's what I love doing. And I guess that's a financial planner's role. I have a perception or I have a perceived <laughs> idea that financial planners are for people that are high net worth individuals. But I guess after speaking to you, that's not exactly true. So who are your clients? <laughs> Well, that's like saying a personal trainer is only for the overweight. Essentially, Mm. we are coaches who help you train your money or help you train yourself to work better with your money. My clients include um, professional women who put everything and everyone above their own needs, who, who really just need someone, a coach in their corner to help them prioritize their own financial goals. I've got retired clients who want to make their money last longer and I've got pre-retirees who want to save up and retire already. (laughs) I love working with people who want to learn more about managing their their money. Now, that doesn't have to be a lot of money. It's just about learning how to manage it. Money isn't and investments isn't about how much you have but about how much you spend. 
it all comes down to cash flow. So it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be wealthy before you see a planner. You can get wealthy by seeing a planner. I really wanted to do an episode on finance because if you're on a fertility journey and you're perhaps needing help uh, with IVF or perhaps you're going overseas for treatment or it could be as simple as using the alternative therapies to complement your journey, Mm. it all adds up. And I remember doing a survey in 2019, which said that 54% of people actually borrowed money Mm -hmm. for their IVF treatment. Now, if you're going into double digits, that could be a real financial burden. What advice can you give to someone who Mm -hmm. is preparing for a family? How can they be financially fit? Yeah, yeah. When it comes to goals, starting and, you know, growing your families right up there as being one of the biggest It's certainly the one that requires the biggest commitment from you in time, energy, and money. Multiple rounds of IVF would significantly add to that burden, not not just on your finances, but on your body and your mental health. Now, although it's one of the biggest goals, it's also one with the most emotional attachment to it. And as with all investments or, or any goal, really, I think emotion can quite often cloud your judgment. So it's really important to get a sounding board, someone you can bounce ideas off and get unbiased input from, like a friend or a family member, even a professional, but someone with your best interest at heart and who can see beyond the now and look past all that emotions. And I guess once you have that with all things, I'd say take care of yourself and set a realistic goal or a timeline. Basically a target at which point you... You look at everything you've been through and you reevaluate whether it's a good idea to continue on that chosen path or to mm. find another one. Now, this goal might be spending X amount on IVF or doing X amount of IVF rounds, but this may help you re- reevaluate things in a different light rather than just stumbling deeper into financial worries. Mm. And so, what tools are there to prepare yourself financially? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think there's quite a lot of tools available to you. And it, it's one of those things where you're, you're in the situation, and you might not even be able to see all the strategies and options open to you. You don't know what you don't know. Mm. I think um, Australians might not know, but they can access super earlier to pay for medical expenses such as IVF. Mm. There's a lot of conditions that they need to be met. And just like with the COVID early release of super, my advice on this would be to stop asking if you can access it and start asking if you should. My biggest, my biggest um, pointer on this would be plan, plan, and then review your plan, basically. Before you start, research all your options, not only on the IVF and the medical side, but on the financial side as well. This includes, you know, various providers and treatment options and the financial cost of each one really understand the implications both on your body and your budget make sure you explore all your options including checking if your health fund covers any expenses checking what the medicare options are or if the medicare safety net could help you reduce the gap and remember and this is my biggest biggest um, concern here is that not just to focus on getting the baby but also on the cost of raising one If you spend so much money in this initial phase, would that put a serious strain on your finances once the baby arrives? Will you be in more debt? Will that cause some serious mental health problems for you later on? 
these are all really serious considerations to make and to discuss with your partner. You should both be on the same page here because that's crucial. You make some really good points that are easy and achievable. But before we get into that, we'll be back after a short break. Are you struggling to pay for your IVF treatment? Access My Super is here to help. At Access My Super, we understand that your fertility process can be expensive and take time, which is why we are here to assist you in the early release of your super to help pay for your treatment. With a one-off fee of $549, our team will handle your application no matter how many cycles you go through. Visit our website at accessmysuper.com.au or contact us on one 800 I remember the first time going forward for IVF and although I was planning to get fit and healthy and optimize my health, one of the areas that I looked into was my health fund. And I realized that I wasn't actually covered for pregnancy or for IVF. And in order to do that, I had to upgrade to gold, but it also meant that I had a 12-month waiting period. So I was able to concentrate on other things while I was waiting. Yeah. But I'm actually quite glad that I did because the hospital charge for egg collection and then the transfer, all that cost about three grand. So it made sense for me to, you know, wait, get healthy, And then, you know, as I'm paying for a premium, at least I was covered for IVF and for pregnancy. So it just made sense to me. I'm so glad you did that, though, because a year to someone who's already waited so long might seem such a long time. But you had other goals during that year while you waited for for the healthcare to kick in. That's a great way of doing it as well. I understand that not everybody has the luxury of spending a year sorting out their finances or their health, but it was important for me to, you know, look into our finances and sort things out and utilize the tools that were available to me. Um, You know, every bit helps during this time. And I learned how to be a good steward of my money, which in turn, you know, helped us to plan put a plan in action for when the baby arrived it is all about the baby but it's about the baby after the birth as well and the best the best you is a healthy you yeah exactly look baby's going to be happy if mum and daddy are happy right yeah exactly so what what do we need to consider when we're looking at our finance Hmm. um there are short medium and long-term goals. I I cannot put enough emphasis on goals. If we simply focus on the now, we may use up all our resources and then we can't focus on the tomorrow. If you are goal-focused, have goals in these timeframes too. Have goals that you can easily achieve in the short term. That gives you some incentive to focus on those longer-term goals. For example, if you have a savings plan and your goals are buying a house or or another round of IVF, then make sure you have little goals along the way, little treats that's going to help make those sacrifices along the, along the way, a little bit less painful. Um, And what if someone doesn't have a saving plans? What is the best way to start? Ah, that this one is really interesting because so much, of financial planning and life goals comes down to cash flow. 
knowing your income and your expenses, that's the first step of having a savings plan. Now, cash flow is essentially the movement of money. What comes in, like your salary, any benefits you receive, and what goes out. That's your expenses. What are the fixed costs that you can't do without, like the rent or the mortgage, keeping a roof over your house and the lights on and the heating on in, in winter? And then looking at what are your discretionary spending? What could you save on? Entertainment costs, eating out, um, luxury items, doing your nails, doing your hair. I had a very interesting conversation the other day with a client who now moved Netflix into essentials and no longer discretionary because she just can't do without it anymore. <laughs> so really, really having a look at your lifestyle and deciding what are, what are your discretionary spending um, versus what are your essentials. And these are the areas where you can cut back on in order to put some man- money away. Now, putting money away means you've cut back on something or you've sacrificed something. So that comes back to those goals. Having a goal in mind means the motivation is there to make those expenses. And that can really help you get through it. And growing up, I was actually taught to save 10% of my income. That's a that's a great way. No, that's a great way of doing it. It's 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 like uh, it's like paying paying yourself um, by putting the money away. There's a, there's a lot of ways that, that you can look at savings. Some people believe that you should save first. Um, once you know your budget, you know exactly how much you can save. Save first before you start spending, and that way you know the money is there, and especially if it's a goal that you really are focused on doing and, and it's non-negotiable, put that money away first and then pay the rest of the things because you can always cut back on eating out and you know, all, all those discretionary spending. Um, but it's easier to save, to spend the money in, left in the savings account than if the money wasn't there to begin with. Um, a lot of people focus on buckets, the bucket fun, um, system, that if you, you know, puts, you have, I don't know, five or six accounts and each account is aimed at that expense, like your utilities or your holiday bucket or your savings bucket or your goal bucket, your long-term bucket. Um, That's a a good way to do it if you've got um, online interest-free accounts with no transaction costs. There's um, also money in offset accounts that is um, linked to your home loan, which will save you significant amount of money in interest in the long term on your home loan. Um, there really are about 50 ways of saving and and it all depends on your situation, what your goals are, what your debt levels are and also what your um, what your habits are. You know, if spending and, and shopping or, or um, luxury lifestyles or if you're a foodie or a whiny like myself, then it's, it's really tricky to find a way that works for you. And if you find a way, then go for it. There's no right or wrong way of saving it. Whatever strategy works for you in your lifestyle. My goodness, school should really teach kids about mm. saving and debts. I went to uni and as a 20-year-old, I took full advantage of the credit cards, thinking it was free <laughs> money. And then, you know, I spent all my 30s trying uh, to pay it back. Um, yes. So, and I remember this book that I read and um, they had a clear plan of um, pay off all your debts um, before, you start pay- before you start saving. Would you, would you advise that? 
like pay off all your credit cards before you start? I would certainly say on credit cards, absolutely, um, because credit mm-hmm. cards have very high interest rates. Um, but again, there's no right or wrong answer to that question. It all depends on on your situation. So I, I really would talk to talk to a, a, you know even if you just go to your local bank and you talk to their financial advisor or there's um, financial counselling if you are stuck in a position where you are in credit card debt and you you don't have any way to get out. There's financial counselling and it is free and quite often they can negotiate. Um, um, ways out for you so please do look that up if that's if that's something that's a real concern of for you but um they i would i would say with with um home loans that's a long-term debt so make sure that you've got a, a really good interest rate really good structure on your loan that you can use something like an offset account properly because that those are all the things that makes a difference over the long term and you can repay it faster and save interest which doesn't go to the bank um stays in in your own pocket um, but credit cards is tricky because you uh, it's a good way to spend during the day, during the month. As long as you mm. you keep within the interest-free period and you repay the loan in full, credit cards can be a useful tool. But it is such a slippery slope once you get into credit card debt to get out of it mm. Um, mm. because you've got other commitments as well. And, you know, it's a, the, the reason you got into credit card debt in the first place is because you didn't have access to any other money. So, um, yeah, yeah, I would say with credit cards being such high interest rates, sometimes 20, 25%, um, Mm. focus on paying that off first. Good point. Great. Well, you've um, come up with some excellent points today. Um, And if a listener needs further advice or information, how can they contact you? Yeah, my website is um, beyondtodayfp.com.au. I'm also on LinkedIn where I'd love for people to connect with me. Reach out there and send me a message or email me directly. Um, I'd love to hear from your listeners about their journey and to see if I can help ease the way for them. But apart from that, you can also look up Money Smart. It's a government website um, specifically to help people with financial terms and explanations. They have a really good guide about what to look for in a financial advisor and where to find one. The FPA, the Financial Planning um, of Australia, Association of Australia, also has a register with financial advisors in your area. It's called just put into your search engine, find a planner, and you can actually search financial advisors based on location, experience, and even one who speaks your language. I mean that in a literal sense, one who speaks your language. So um, have a look at that because... If you know if if you do want advice and you want someone convenient to your location or area, then these are some good options to um, to look into. That's excellent, great. So um, your website and all the other resources that you mentioned, I'll put them on the comments uh, for everyone to access. Oh, Antoinette, thank you so much for taking the time to, you know, give us some really great advice to manage our finances and give us some effective tools to help us achieve our financial goal, which in turn helps us achieve our dreams. Um, And it's really appreciated. (laughs) No problem. Thanks for having me, Ella. I just want to say that the fertility journey is such an individual one. And I think, I think, you know, kudos to everyone going through it at the at the moment you know really hang in there and i'm thinking about you guys but 
make sure you you give the consequences you you think through the consequences on the financial side doesn't mean you have to stop doing what you're doing it just means you have to think through the consequences and seek advice on your best way forward oh that's fantastic that's great advice Antoinette thank you again so much for your time and yeah have a good evening I'll speak to you soon thanks a lot